Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realize your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guests this week are the owners of Alexander's of Balbuffet, Joe and Tracy Alexander. The business was taken over from the McClure family by Joe's parents in 1960 and has been trading successfully since. Joe bought over the shop and became the sole owner in 1989 and in 2019 his wife Tracy, who had been a medical secretary for 23 years at a local practice, began to work full-time in the business. Alexander's, which has a coffee loft, a bookshop, a grocery section and a DIY department, currently employs a team of 15 people. Joe and Tracy, you are both very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran, for um, giving us the opportunity to get on to the programme. Uh, we're delighted to be here. Joe, Alexander's has been synonymous, I'm sure, with retail and business in the Twin Towns. Can you take me back, perhaps, to the start of the story here on Main Street in Balbuffet? Um we can. It happened long before my time. Um, my mother worked on the premises here um, as a shop assistant. And then in 1960, they bought the premises from um, a company called McClure's. And um, I think that was the year, around the year they got married and they bought the premises as well. And they continued to, uh, to operate and own the shop. And then over the years then, uh, we we would have been all reared on the shop here, and um, we we would have been reared on the shop, and uh, we've seen business growing up from a very a very young age. And were you always employed in the shop yourself, Joe? Uh, on and off over the years. Um, uh, sometimes it was handier; it would have been easier to get a job outside the shop because there was no there was no hours there was no starting time and no finishing time whenever you're, you're involved in a family business and was that the attraction or was it a sense of loyalty maybe to, to stay with it it probably was I later on in years um, uh, I pursued different different careers but um, I ended up coming back into the family business and um, I sort of took an interest then you know uh, late teens early 20s took an interest in the business and um, was given sort of more responsibilities and uh, you know I seen then that there was a, an opportunity for a, a career in this and when did you take ownership of the business yourself um, I would say uh, around about 1989 um, around about 1989 I um, purchased the, the, the business then off my parents and um, I was just the sole owner from then on big decision at the time Joe uh, it was, uh, uh, it, it was, um, but I sort of had worked on it that many years beforehand that I didn't really know anything else at the time. Um, you know, the hours were long, um, but I was doing the long hours anyway, and it was just, I just enjoyed doing it, enjoyed meeting people, enjoyed the challenges of it at the time. 34 years ago, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in that time. Oh, I just, there's, there's loads of changes, um, you know, within the town, there's loads of changes. The uh, people's attitudes, um, customers' attitudes, customers' wants, uh, them things all change, and we had to sort of develop with them changes over the years. And we're still developing. If, if something needs changing, we have to change it and go with the, 
go with what the customers needs. And sitting alongside you is your wife, Tracy, and I'm sure she has played a part as well in the ongoing evolution of Alexander's here in Balbavie. Um Yeah, without a doubt, it's a, a big a big help. Um, uh, she she was working in the business probably on a part-time basis um, uh, after we got married, and then she moved into the business full-time, and that's given me an opportunity to try and take a step back, and I'm happy enough to let her to let her lead lead the thing forward. Tracy, you're welcome to the programme. Thank you, Karen. Tracy, we were talking off air uh, and we talked about your career scene, so you may tell our listeners on air now when we've got the devices up and running. Well, I worked as a medical secretary here in one of the practices in town for 23 years and I, I loved that, absolutely loved it, loved working with all the people and as a result of that I suppose I know most people in town. So then whenever I came over to work in the shop, um, you know, being more sort of more seen in the shop, I knew so many people which was fantastic and still even today you know, people coming into the shop and they say, oh, you know, just talking about the old days, you know, whenever we worked in the surgery and everything. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've managed to combine your passion for baking with accountancy and shopkeeping now? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird. We were talking to the TY students there back before Christmas. And whenever I was at school, I had a great interest in maths and baking. So I was thinking along the lines of uh, training to be a pastry chef or possibly some sort of accountancy. So now I've ended up doing both. You know, so it's, uh, it's good, yeah. Yeah, so obviously it was meant to be. You would have come into the business maybe with a fresh set of eyes. It was in the family for a long time. Joe took it over. Was that a help, do you think, for the business at the time that you got involved full-time in it? Yeah, well, as Joe said, um, after we were married, um, I always came uh, came over on my day off usually and helped out with the books. And, you know, I always had an interest in it because, you know, two heads are better than one. So it just meant at the end of the day, if Joe came home and he had a problem, I kind of had an idea what he was talking about. Um, we made, we adopted a little girl from Vietnam in 2017. And once she came home, both our lives changed. So, you know, we came to being more focused on her. You know, business was always, well, and still as a huge part of our lives, you know, but we sort of, you know, changed our focus and our direction a wee bit, you know, to concentrate on her. So um, really now it's all about her more so than worrying every single day about business, you know. Um, but whenever I came in, I came over here and uh, that was in 2019, prior to the pandemic. And at that stage, we had a gift shop upstairs here and it was, you know, we, we kind of felt we wanted to develop it more because there, there seemed to be a need for that in town. So I always had a notion as well about opening a coffee shop and Joe always tried to put me off it. Um, we said, you know, you work and you come home at the end of the week and your money's in the bank and you don't have to worry about staff and electricity and, you know, all of this. Um, but I still had that sort of longing for it um, and I would bake away at home all the time and just give it away. So what was, the, what was the deal, Fincher? And the deal clincher, I don't know, we talked about it then and then we had friends that opened a coffee shop uh, up in Port Stewart actually and we had been talking to them and the more we talked about it the more we thought, you know what, we need something different and I always loved the idea of books and coffee, I just thought that was just, if I was away in holiday summer or away visiting, this is the sort of shop I want to go into. And, you know, I love books, we love homewares, I love food and bacon and hospitality and people. Oh, I just love I just love working with people and meeting people every day. You've managed to 
combine uh, both the books and the coffee extremely well. In the coffee loft, it's Friday evening and the, the coffee loft has just closed, but there was a great buzz here half an hour ago when it was coming to a close. Yeah, we've been really lucky here in town. Um, I think I've said it before a few times, the the Twin Towns Balbafane to Norley have the most amazing community and the greatest sense of community spirit and they're so supportive. I mean, without all the people here in town, we wouldn't be here. You know, but it's lovely. We have a lot of people come in here to the coffee shop on their own, and they'll come in and order their tea and scone and sit down, and they just love it. They love that it's it's welcoming, and that's what I wanted. That's what I wouldn't like it any other way. And Joe's the same. Like you couldn't have it any other way. Joe, there is a lot of history uh, to the corner we're sitting in and where we are upstairs in your business. I uh, the, the this would have, where the coffee is would be originally our the, our living area and the shop, and even we have a customer that comes in quite quite often here, and um, he was a he is the, the family of the previous owners, which is McClure's, and um, he informed me the last day that he was born in this in this corner that we were sitting in back probably nineteen. 30s maybe or something like that I would say and um, you know it's great it's great to have that connection with the past as well you know that we have the premises and the people have been here that long and they can still come in and come back into the shop and see the corner that they were actually born in Tracy was talking about how she had to be diplomatic to get around getting the coffee loft combined with the books are you happy now that that is the way things are um, I am, yeah. I, I, that does work out good and end up. <laughs> I have to admit. Um, I, that's, that's sort of, I wasn't fully in favour of it at the start. Um, I was going home in the evening. I was taking the problems home with me, and um, be it financial problems or staff problems or work problems or whatever. And um, I was thinking when if she got into the business, right, we'll be taking both be taking the problems home. But anyway, it has worked out okay. It's certainly a, a massive asset to the to, to the outgoing of the shop here now. And how challenging is it to sort of switch off once the doors are closed here, Joe, for yourself and Tracy to go home and maybe unwind and, and leave the business behind, or does that happen just occasionally? Um, I would say it just happens occasionally. Um, because it's quite busy here you don't get time to discuss things um, you have to go home um, whenever you're sitting around the table eating um, you get the opportunity then to discuss the problems first of all you have sort of rethought them in your head and um, we may come up with a solution and we may not come up with a solution but what I always find is there, it's, good, it's good to get away from a business occasionally be it for a weekend or a week or whatever because whenever you come back you always see it in new eyes and you always have answers whenever you come back Do, do you find it hard to switch off Joe? I, I would do I, while I'm here I would do um, I, I sort of I, I, would, I would go out on the mountain bike occasionally and occasionally on my own and I find that whenever uh, go, you spend two or three hours on your own up a mountain road there, that, that clears your head and you, you also you get solutions whenever you have the problem solved. You go out with the problems and you come back with the answers. So the more miles and the legs, the, the better the solution to the problem? Uh, more or less, aye. You know, it's, uh, it's just getting the time to get out now. Yeah. Tracy, what do you do to unwind when you're not here baking and looking after the books? Uh, well, I usually do more baking at home, um, walking, love walking, and myself and June both play tennis here as well in town. We've a great tennis club here, um, 
and yeah just I love being at home but the three of us love being at home actually um, there's nowhere as nice as being at home you know and as Joe says there, there's days we come home and we you know we might have problems to sort and we generally do that sit around the table sort things out and then we just chill out you know you mentioned that you got involved uh, full time back in 2019 Cobra struck in 2020 how different are things three and a half years on now from how you look at business and how things are done here um, well, we and whenever COVID hit initially, it was like to, uh, no different to anybody else. It was like a bolt out of the blue. And the the first time that the restrictions were put in place, um, we were really really busy here because everybody was within the five kilometre radius and everybody was shopping local. And you know the amount of people that came in, maybe people that had only recently moved to the town and would have come in and said, "Oh my God, I didn't realise you sold this, or I didn't realise you sold that." You know, so we were busy. Now, by the time the second set of restrictions came into place, we were more switched on. Um, and at that stage, we actually divided the staff here in the shop into two teams. So Joe and I actually had a but We had no time off the first time round. But the second time round, then we were divided into two teams. So obviously, Joe and I had to be in the same team. So we had three days off or four days off at home, you know, which was great. But we had to split the teams because if somebody got COVID, you know, at least then you had a second set of um, staff to fall back on, you know. Um, with regard to change, the only real changes I suppose we made were just the usual restrictions with the screens and the masks and everything, you know. But um, no, everything's kind of, it's, it's really much the same. We didn't have to make that many changes. You just had to adhere to the rules and that was it. Mm-hmm. Joe, just looking back to that period uh, and a few lockdowns that happened back in 2020 and back in 2021, did you take many learnings from that time? Uh, we, we would have taken uh, taken. Uh, learnings from it um, you would you, you would respect people's custom more um, you know the loyalty and I think the the customers respected our loyalty too we were doing home deliveries at the time and um, we would have had uh, people phoning up from other parts of the country to deliver stuff out to their elderly uh, their el- their parents that that couldn't they were isolating in the house, and at that time, then you go out to the house and you would have to spend you spend ten or fifteen minutes chatting and another wonder to them, you know. And I, I sort of enjoyed that. You were getting you were getting stories and that slowed life down a wee bit. And yet, at the same time, Joe, it was an extremely important service that you were providing, along with uh, apart from the delivery, I should say. Uh, yeah, yeah, it probably was a, a vital service to them, but it was something I was enjoy doing. Um, there was one case where there was a there was a man who had to get the uh, I think it was the Star, the Daily Star newspaper, uh, out every day, and there was one day that I didn't have the Star, so knowing, knowingly it was the wrong paper, I brought out the Sun. So I went out the next day, and he told me, he says, "You brought out the, you brought out the wrong paper yesterday," and. Um, Oh, I says, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realise I brought out the wrong paper. He says, you know what? He says, I think it's a far better paper. And he says, it's cheaper. And he, says, he discovered he was reading the wrong paper for years. Just in relation uh, to the local uh, aspect or people shopping local, how important has that aspect of business been for you since? Uh, t- uh, yes, it would be important, I. But all over all over the years, we would have had a loyal, very loyal custom base, customer base. Um, there would have been families, you know, there would have been families reared out of the shop because it probably would have been, you know, the main shop in the town at the time, and um, them 
people, the, the younger generation have moved away to work and whatever else. But every time they come back into town, they, they drop in and they'll always tell you, you know, about their parents coming in here. You know, they're, although they're not living in the town, but every time they come back in, they'll come back in, they'll go to the coffee loft, they'll buy books, do a bit of shopping. You know, it's sort of, you know, that's their loyalty coming back to us. Well, what's your earliest memory of the shop here, Joe? Oh, I can. I remember going back. Oh, even even older members of of staff that um, that worked in the shop. My mother would be out in the shop working, and we would come in from school at three o'clock, and they would take us down to what we called the back kitchen at the time, and they would be making us making us our dinner or evening tea because our mother was too busy. You know, people that we had no connection with really. It's just there, there was. Part of their job was to feed the children whenever they come in. And just just the same question to yourself: What's your first involvement or earliest memory of the shop here? Uh, well, I used to come in here with my granny. She used to come to the town every Saturday, and she always went to Cassidy's Chemist at the time, and McConnell's Butchers, and Aunt Alexander's. So I remember coming in here as a little girl with her. Um, and then, uh, as I didn't, I went to school in Rafoe, so as a result, I wouldn't have known that many people in the town, and we lived out in the country. Um, and then, I suppose, when I started going out with Joe, then um, I remember being in here one day and wanting money on a scratch card, and there was a whole bag of hoo haps, twenty five pound or something, and there was a whole bag of hoo ha because it was me that won twenty five pounds, you know. But um, yeah, I always remember Joe's mum being here, and but, but Joe didn't say there as well um, either about his mum. His mum worked here in the shop. She started McClure's Joe when she was maybe. Seven. It was actually her sister worked here originally, Eileen, and um, they were looking for another member of staff. And she says, "Oh, I have a sister at home." So she brought Joe's mother in, uh, and they both worked here. They were very loyal to the McClures down through the years. But um, just going to various wakes um, in the community here, you know, the amount of people that will say to us, "You know, I couldn't have done all what I did without your mother." Your mother was very good to us, you know, and she, she, she did an awful lot that we are only discovering really in recent years, you know, she was very, very good to people, very good to people, um, you know, about, um, she would have known whenever somebody couldn't afford to pay for the groceries for the family and would have just given them to them, to them, you know, and never looked for money. She always would have got it back, but she never would have looked for it, you know, and she was, she was very astute that way about, you know, people's circumstances and very, very discreet. You never would have heard her talking or saying anything about anybody, you know, so, so that's lovely. And it's something actually that I think, as she was talking about the loyalty there, I think that's the reason why we have, you know, loads of families that come in and say, oh, I remember coming in here and I remember your mother and, you know, and that's really nice. Joe, I'm sure that's something that you take great pride in uh, when you hear those stories about your mother. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Um, uh, it sort of gives me, uh, it spurs me on as well. Um, you know, you be in a rat race here and there's a lot of things that you miss, but whenever people tell you these stories, it sort of slows you down and appreciates where you appreciate where you are here um, and you, you, know, you appreciate the local, the local people that come into you. You know, and you appreciate them stories, and it, it does sort of uh, slow you down a wee bit in your day. Would I be correct in saying that people in business need a reminder now and again to slow down? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as I said before, there sometimes it's good to get away. It's, it's good to get away from the problems um, because if you're on here all the time, you just you know you wouldn't be able to cope with it.
especially whenever uh, whenever you're running a business in a small town, you know, a business that's open seven days a week. Um, it's it's difficult if you're in, if you're in bad form and you're walking down the street and you don't speak to anybody, somebody you know you're sort of it's not a nice thing to be doing. So you sort of have to get away sometimes to clear your head. How many people are employed here at the minute, Joe, and who does what? Um, at the minute, we have um, fifteen people employed. Um, we sort of, we have our different sections: the coffee loft, uh, the bookshop. Um, and then the gro- downstairs we have grocery and um, sort of a DIY section. So specialised teams for each area, is it? It is, yes, uh, more or less. The people, uh, the people in that area, in charge of that area, order for that area, and it's, it's up to them to sort of see see the stuff sold back out of you. Who's the boss? We'll, we'll go fifty fifty in that one, so we will. <laughs> that means it's tricky. <laughs> Well, it, it, no, it's definitely 50-50. That means it's Joe. <laughs> we'll say nothing. We'll be discreet about that one. Does having the partner and business make it easier in the long term? Yeah, we think it does. We we only had this conversation when we were away on holidays there recently, you know, that we're blessed because both of us are usually singing from the same hymn sheet. And when we come home in the evening, you know, if we have to discuss something, we get it discussed. And hopefully sometimes we'll come to a solution, you know. But even just general day-to-day running of things, you know, it's good to be able to talk to somebody about it. Um, you were asking me earlier about mentoring. And, you know, we with regard to business, I mean, that's Joe's thing, you know. And sometimes I'll be thinking of a new idea or whatever and Joe will always give you the black and white version of it you know I'd be thinking the whole the the flowers and the singing and the dancing end of it whereas Joe's more he's more business minded than me definitely I'm the sort of soft and fluffy end What's the biggest challenge that you, you have encountered Tracy since getting involved full time in the business? Well we were just talking about that earlier and we haven't really come across any huge challenges you know, again, that's going back to your previous question about working together. And, you know, because we do things together, it, you know, nothing has been major. I suppose COVID was kind of tricky, but no different to us than it was to anybody else, really. Um, staff that we were fine, we're blessed with the staff we have, absolutely blessed and always have been. Um, so, no, nothing major. Joe, there's a very relaxed and laid-back feeling when you come in here. I'm, I'm sure that didn't happen by accident, and it's taken a while to get to that stage. Um, it has. Uh, you're asking sort of who, who's the boss. Uh, you know, I suppose Tracy and myself we're responsible for the business, but you know we're we, we're not bosses as such. We work with the staff. The staff works as a team, and we all sort of pull together. How important is that, Joe? I think it's very important to keep the staff with you going forward. And there we will take a break. Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realise your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break... Joe was talking about the importance of having a happy team of staff. If we have sort of problems or challenges that that we're struggling with, we put it to the staff and ask them, you know, what what would your solution to this be? And um, normally, you know, whenever we talk the thing over, the the challenge and the problem doesn't be as big. I know Tracy said that challenges 
thankfully might be few and far between. But in terms of real hard lessons that you've learned in business, what's the best one? Um, you, you sort of have to stick with stick stick with it. Um, you, you know, if you, you if you fail at your first attempt, you know, keep keep going, keep keep looking for the solution. There's a solution for every problem. You may not get it in the first, second, or the third attempt, but if you keep looking for that solution, you'll get it eventually. And it's a kind of a work ethic that I suppose that it came from seeing my parents working. So you wouldn't be a quitter by nature. Um, no, 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 no way. <laughs> Tell me, what would you attribute the success at Alexander's to? I, I would say the the staff, the the, the staff and the team, the team effort um, that that goes into this. Um, we're all moving together um, as a team, and um, you know the staff are very welcoming and. Um, you know, any anybody who comes into the shop, they're always made welcome, um, no matter what circumstances they come in under. And um, you know, it's the staff again, you know, that welcome them people in. Susie, is that something you would concur with? Absolutely. Um, we're always saying that anybody that comes into the shop, anybody new, um, for example, new customer, you know, they always comment on the staff. And we've, you know, every day we get a comment about the staff. And the, the staff in the coffee loft are phenomenal. They're so welcoming to everybody. Um, the shop overall, there's one of the girls works downstairs and she has actually worked here longer than Joe. She, I think she started the year before Joe came into the shop and she works here part time as well. And I mean, people come in specifically to see Lorraine. You know, she is amazing. So all of the staff across the board are lovely. And, you know, I know in this day and age, a lot of people have problems with staff, getting staff. And, I mean, touch wood, our staff are great and hopefully they'll stay, you know, because we, we couldn't do what we do without them. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Tracy, is the role of social media and how that is played in promoting your business. Yeah, social media is is huge. Um, we find it really, really works so well for us. Um, my only problem really is getting time to getting around to doing it, because you know you want it done a certain way. Um, it, it has to be right whenever you do it, but it definitely works. You know, for the books, we do a book review there in the wintertime, especially once a week, and you know the amount of people commenting on it and then coming in to buy the books is just great but you know we have to get word out there as well you know about what we actually sell because we have so many sort of quirky things here you know that you mightn't pick up somewhere else um, which is great and you know especially during the pandemic I mean we had people phoning from all arts and parts looking for different things which was great but that was all because of social media that they seen it on it Joe how difficult or how challenging is it to stay ahead of what is in demand what people are looking to buy and maybe in some cases maybe what's not in demand and what they don't want to buy uh, you're always you know, yeah, you're always looking for you're looking for the next the next trend um, and sometimes it's quite hard to spot them um, but you're sort of uh, going to uh, trade fairs and stuff like that and you know even uh, as you travel to foreign countries there you sort of see what other people are doing like uh, our customer base not alone in, in Alexander's here or Balbuffet but nationally our, the customer base has changed a lot in the country because we have a lot of people now that are not of Irish descent um, their needs are different and um, a lot of them people are coming from different circumstances and you have to sort of take that into consideration as well um, 
and I find as well whenever you're whenever you're away on holidays there and you're not able to speak the language, um, you you have to you have to appreciate that whenever whenever you walk into a shop, these people in foreign countries can speak our language, English. But whenever we have people coming in here that are not that don't have our language, that we are not able to help them. You know, so we have to be understanding towards them, be patient with them, and you know, just if you give them the opportunity, they'll return, keep returning to the shop, and they'll remember it. Tell me, Joe, if you had followed your childhood dream job, what would you be doing today? I probably would have been an astronaut. <laughs> no, I um, uh, no, I always liked. Like working with my hands, you know, like making things. Maybe working with wood. I probably would have liked to be a carpenter, and I still would do a good bit of the DIY work about the shop here, and I enjoy doing that. And it's sort of, I find it sort of de-stresses me times there if you make a table or something that you know that helps you. And job satisfaction as well. Oh, definitely. You know, like most of the work in the coffee shop here, um, a good lot of this work we would have done working late in the evenings. And, um, you know, when you look around here now, and that's, you know, parts of the seat and parts of the floor and stuff like that, that was all stuff that was done late in the evenings. It's really bright and vibrant. That was the plan, obviously, when you set up here? Um, it was sort of, aye, it was um, the, with a bench, the bench seating type thing, um uh, it was that, that would have been the plan from the start time Trissy, just in relation to the same question I put to Joe if you had followed your childhood dream job what would you be doing this Friday afternoon? Oh, I would have been a pastry chef or a travel agent yeah, so I probably would have been well, if I was a pastry chef I would be slogging it out in some hotel somewhere or a restaurant and uh, a travel agent I'll be going home to put my feet up <laughs> What was the attraction about the travel agency? I don't know. I've always had this thing about, um, well, I love travel anyway, but I love helping people. I love that. Um, and, you know, sorting things out for people and organising things. And I love lists and numbers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Tracy, you are part of the Stronger Together group that has been born out of the Balbothy Amsterdam Order Chamber. Can you tell our listeners a wee bit about that? Yes, Kieran. Um, Joe and I have been involved with the Chamber of Com- Commerce on and off for many years. Joe was on it many years ago, and um, I have become involved with it since join- since I joined the business here. Um, there's a sort of a core group of maybe five or six people that go to the Chamber meetings every week, or every they're on every two weeks. Um, and out of that, we were trying to, um, you know, push the membership and get the chamber working better for the members because we felt that the Chamber of Commerce is amazing and we have a, a great team over in the base in Stranorlar um, but we just felt that the businesses weren't getting enough out of it you know the, the chamber organised the St Patrick's Day Parade, the Christmas lights um, you know things that happen in the town and that's great but we just felt that the businesses weren't getting enough back out of it again um, there's also one of the guys that goes to the meetings all the time, all the time, and he came into Balbuffet as a new business owner, and he felt that it was actually quite lonely, you know, because he came and he didn't know anybody, and you know he didn't know whose shop he could go into and say, "Listen, I've just opened a shop up the road. Can you help me here?" You know, so looking at it from that point of view, we kind of felt that being in business is a lonely place um, at times, and. We thought, okay, we need to get something better for the businesses. And there are a large number of businesses. Yeah, I think there's nearly 250 businesses in the town, which is amazing. 
So what are the key objectives for this new group? Right, so this new group is, is part of the Chamber, so it's under the auspices of the Chamber and what we've done so far, so our first meeting um, was basically to see who's interested and Paul Harkin from Harkin's Gala up the Donegal Road um, chaired the first meeting and spoke at it, he gave a great talk about how he started in business and what his challenges were and you know where he is today. So he was very open and very honest and I think that's something that was missing in the town because years ago people didn't just wander in and out of each other shops, you know, whereas like today like Joe and I have no bother going into Alice Boners or, you know, we go wherever we have to go, we just go and, you know and get whatever we need um, whereas they didn't do that years ago and I think that was sort of carried on in the town, which is a bit a bit sad. So I think because there's a sort of a younger group of business people now and we, we kind of know that, you know, we need each other to lean on. So we thought, right, okay so we organised the first meeting and we had about, I think, 24 business people attend that so our second um, night was actually a social evening and we organised a pizza and beer evening and we had 27 business people at that, which was fantastic and we did nothing, only eat and chat and that was great, that was really good um, you know, we had a bed and breakfast owner we had a good few of the shopkeepers here from the main street we had an estate agent, we had, we had loads of people, 27 What were the main takeaways from those two get-togethers? Uh, the fact that everybody is looking for a business friend, really. You know, Joe and I come in here, we live together, we eat together, we work together. Sometimes it's nice to talk to somebody outside of the business and realise as well that other businesses have problems similar to what we would have and, and just to talk them over. A lot of talk about the Twin Towns bypass has been ongoing for quite a few years. What is the feeling among the business community in relation to that issue? The business community in general would feel that we need a bypass. The traffic in the town is just mayhem. It totally discourages people from stopping in the town because you can't get parked and it takes you so long to get through the town. You're just that glad to get to the other end. You just keep on driving. We really need a bypass, definitely. Joe, just where you are here, Fun Park is around the corner. McCool Park is behind us. McElhenney's is down the road. We've got Jackson's and the Villaroes either side. How important are those for businesses like yourself? Uh, they're important. Um, there's, there's very few towns where you have a sort of a close-knit area where you have two hotels almost on the main street. Um, you have uh, sports grounds all within 100 metres of one another um, and you have the shops on the uh, good shops in the main street It is quite it's unique a, It is a unique town that uh, um, everything is quite close and even um, even whenever the uh, other shops Aldi's and Lidl's were moving onto town you know people were saying oh you know they should be sited way outside the town like it, it was in my opinion you know they're going to be there have them beside you you know there's no point in starting another starting another business two mile outside the town you know you can park your car one place here and you can walk around all them them business and they're all within 200 metres of one another What's the one standout change Joe from you as a young boy in the shop here on Main Street to when you go out onto the town now and take a look around you? Um, well 
the, at the minute would be sort of the regeneration of premises there. There was a few premises lying, quite a few premises lying derelict in the town for a number of years, and I see them there now. They're um, starting to uh, develop them again, and there's new businesses coming in. And the tidy towns there, they made a big effort this year with brightening up the, the these. Um, these premises that were lying derelict and it's great to see the town brightened up again um, whenever you look down the street now you see a street of businesses, you don't see a street of, of derelict business, of derelict premises. And that is something to be happy about and be proud about? Oh definitely, yeah definitely You know, and as well, uh, there's a lot of young there's a lot of young people moving into businesses here as well um, I suppose because them businesses got derelict um, the older generation they moved on people uh, got out of business people uh, they moved on whatever and the premises wasn't sold off where now them them premises now are being moved into uh, into younger into younger hands now and there's there's young people eager to get to get shops opened and to get up and running in business again Would you be of the view as well that the bypass will be a good thing for the Swintowns? Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, um, it would take it. It'll probably take a few years after the bypass for the town to develop. Um, but as far as getting any um, any investment into the area, um, people won't invest in the area if they don't know where the road's going to go. So you know, at the minute they're discussing a road heading. Um, heading out to the west of the town. Um, so. There'll be the approach roads coming in. There'll probably be possibly on the Glenfern Road um, and places like that. But until that is finalised, um, you won't get anybody making any major investments in the town. Mm. How hopeful would you be that it will take place sooner rather than later? I think it will. Lie. There's, it's, there's not much chat about it at the moment, but I do know in the background there that there's negotiating going on with with the property owners and. Um, uh, it does. It does move on as well. Okay. Um, Tracy, we're bang in the middle of the tourist season. How has business been this year, and how is business this summer? Um, this summer has been good to us. Um, I know it was busy whenever you came in earlier, um, Kieran. Uh, yeah, we would find uh, people are getting organised now for going back to school because we sell school books here in the shop as well. So we're quite busy with that, and we've had a lot of visitors to the coffee shop an awful lot and uh, it's lovely because you see people we were standing outside the last day and this woman come down and she had her phone opened and she was looking around and I said are you okay there can I help you and she said oh I'm looking for the coffee loft you know so the fact that somebody actually looked it up on their phone and you know they were looking for us was lovely so we were able to bring her in and, and get her a seat but no we, we've been good this summer thank goodness yeah and finally Tracy as we approach the end of today's interview what do you see as the future holding for yourself and the business here in Balbuffet? Um, well, I think we, Joe and I, have a few plans uh, in our heads, um, just of different things we would like to do. Um, as Joe mentioned earlier, too, you know, we're constantly sort of changing to to keep up with the the, the customer and what the, what the customer would like. Um, but I think really, as long as we can keep our doors open and keep you know giving a nice welcome to everybody, make sure everybody's looked after at the hospitality end of it. I know we're not in hospitality as such, but it's just that's really high up in our agenda. And you know, it's lovely if we can keep families coming back for another few generations that'll keep us happy Joe, same question to yourself what does the future hold for yourself and your business here on Main Street Balbuffet? 
continue on with the business as it's going. Like we are, we're very pleased with the way the business is going at the minute, and without a doubt, we will have to make more changes and develop new things going forward. Um, you were asking me about the bypass there. There's also uh, greenways being produced coming into the town. At the, currently, they're working with one in Castle Fun, Castle Fun delivered, and the one from Country Barnesmore Gap, which would be a lovely greenway. It is. Um, that's well advanced in the talking stages. You know, with things like that going forward, you know, people um, cycling into the area, you know, you'll have to develop places for charging um, electric bikes, things like that. You know, things like that you need to be looking forward to, and it's, now I'm all open to these ideas. Joe and Trissy Alexander, owner of Alexander's Stores in Balbathay, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you very much, Kieran, for, for coming up. It's Thanks, Kieran. It's a pleasure to, to meet you. Thank you. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Joe and Tracy Alexander. Thanks to Canis Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Now is the time to realise your potential by enrolling on the part-time degree in business. Only three years with one evening per week on campus and another online. Open up your future by contacting the faculty office on 9186206 or visit lyit.ie today.